Support for Pivot comes from BetterHelp. How do you know when your social battery is running on empty? Maybe you get a little snippy with your friends or perhaps Scott Galloway. Or maybe you just fantasize about canceling plans, creating one excuse after. You're fantasizing about me? No, 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 never. You're fantasizing about me. Again? Again? Not once. Not once. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Get off my ad right now. All right. Canceling plans, creating one excuse after another, why you have to stay in. I do that to Scott all the time. It's not easy to keep track of how much socializing is right for you. Therapy can help you build more awareness of what you need and when. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy with licensed professionals. Scheduling is convenient and finding a therapist suited to your style is quick and easy. And we all know Scott Galloway needs therapy. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash pivot today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pivot. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I would like to seriously explore a relationship with Bill Gates. (laughs) I, look, it, let's be honest. It makes sense, Kara. It makes sense. Okay. Let me It hear. makes sense. Okay. So I, I'm going to ask you a serious question. All right. Essentially, every woman I know yeah. who is married and over the age of 45 yeah. called me and told me how rattled they were by this news. Can you give me a sense for why you think people were so rattled by it? Well, you know, having been divorced, I'm not rattled at all. Um, so I feel, uh, here's the deal. They are they, they they did a lot of things jointly. And one of the things that I think Bill Gates has done very well, a lot of these mm-hmm. very wealthy men sort of leave their wives behind and sort of in the background. Even if they're critical, they you don't see them as much. And he... He and she were front and center. Uh, she was she was a former Microsoft executive. Actually, was responsible mm-hmm. for things like Microsoft Bob. I've I I like. I don't her think he's ever deal. forgiven her for that. Have, yeah, did I you know. ever use Bob? Anyway, I, sorry, go ahead. Yes, yeah, I haven't. He, he, I haven't forgiven him for Zoom. But any in any case, I think they were they were a pair. And so when people, you know, I, I I'm not. I would reference my own uh, divorce. When I got divorced, I had several people who says, oh, "You can't." It's upsetting to me, and I was like, <laughs> because they saw us as like. A, it, it, what it does is it questions everyone's marriage, right? Like, if that's not going to work, this right. isn't going to work. And it's Agreed. it's well beyond that. It makes you start to think about whether you're happy, just mm-hmm. like the pandemic has. I think a lot of people have, you know, marriages have gotten hit in the pandemic and this and that, or they've gotten strengthened, which is interesting. Um, and so what I think what people do is they start, one person called me when I got divorced and, I, and they said, um, how ha- unhappy were you when you got divorced? And I said, what? How many percent? And I was like, hmm. what? And they were like, I'm 37% happy. <laughs> and I was like, you should get a divorce. And they did. They actually did. It was interesting. So that's what I think it is. I think that's why. And and again, they're also, you want that foundation to work out. You want them to like, to help the world and save COVID, save mm-hmm. people from COVID, et cetera. I think, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I thought part, I mean, we. I've been divorced too. I thought one of the worst things was, uh, people coming up to me five years later and saying, uh, you know, how's Margaret? And I'd have to go, oh, we're no longer together. And they look at you and they cock their head and they go, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, shit, I really have to go through this. Yeah. And it, look, marriage is uh, at the time you decide to do that. It's yeah. you saying, look, I think there's a shot. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And so when it doesn't work, it, it's, there's just a party that's, it's just upsetting. There's no, yeah. I just don't think there's any way to get around it. The thing that is interesting is this uh, woman who's known as Miss Swiss or Swiss Miss, who's a designer mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter. I thought she had the best take in that is she said that divorce needs a rebranding. And the reality oh, is people- Sounds like your next book. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm not gonna write a book on divorce. Anyways, I'm just gonna live it over and over. Um, <laughs> The, better not let go of your fine The reality wife. is when people would ask me honestly. I'm on team would, Scott's wife. Go ahead. When people would ask me honestly, 
about divorce, I'd say, look, the reality is we didn't have kids and we had money, which mm -hmm. really softens the blow. Because if you look at divorce, it's typically for women, two out of five women who get divorced slip into poverty. Mm -hmm. And this they're more likely to lose their house. They're more likely to have uh, uh, more, a greater struggle repartnering. Mm -hmm. I saw how hard it was for my mom to date with, a, yep. with an eight-year-old son right at home. So, but the reality Especially is money. that eight-year-old son. Oh, ahead. God. That was nice. That was nice. People love me. My dad's third wife thought I was the cutest thing ever. Anyways, uh, first woman who stole me, Linda Galloway, will love her forever. Anyways, the, uh, but the bottom line is in a capitalist society, when you get divorced, if you have money and your kids are out of the house, it really isn't, it really isn't that yeah. bad. And yeah. it's not going to be, quite frankly, it's just not going to be bad for either of them. I'm already, I, I Well, no, I they're the, it's just people in the world. I mean, I think the issue is around the, the philanthropy, the, the philanthropy. Oh, but they're both, that's the whole don't break them up argument. So they're each going to have 80 billion to try and solve the world's problems. They're both well, incredibly they're keep competent. The Gates, the Gates Foundation is probably the most important philanthropy in the in the history of the world, like I mean, really, truly. So they I think are that's joined be fine. together. They are joined together, and it's certainly a be huge fine. operation, obviously. But they were, and they they sort of broke a lot of eggs in the philanthropy world. Is that right? Like, oh yeah, there's a lot of philanthropy people. Well, I don't know. I, I I began just to kind of help Bill out. I began um, binging Bottle Service Miami. Okay. And I sent right. him romantic love songs to a Zune. Yeah. Okay. By the way, that's the <laughs> official Sean Penn Twitter account. That woman's a genius, whoever she is. Can I just say, uh, I don't think. You and uh, knowing both of you, I feel that you're not Bill's type. I'll be honest with you. You know, uh, so just so you know, I've assembled a dating oversight board for Bill Gates. It consists <laughs> of me, Ben Affleck, Stephanie Rule, and Billy Bob Thornton. Hey, Ben Affleck might be back with J Lo, according well, to the Well, you know, he tabloid. gets the best drugs. He okay. gets the best right. drugs, and okay. Bill should start experimenting. Right. In any case, I was I in Tulum. Speaking I of drugs, go ahead, Tulum. Right, I was in Tulum, Tulum. Yeah. and I was at this amazing rave, and I drank tequila, and I took half an edible, and I thought, oh my God, I'm so down, I'm so rebellious. Uh -huh. And I looked around, and I said to my friend, I said, how come I'm not having as good a time as everyone else here? Everyone, A, looks much better looking than me. Right. Is much more fashionable. And they're all so much happier. And he's like, he's like, they're all on Molly, dude. And I'm oh, like, what Molly. the fuck is Molly and how do I get some? Oh, uh, Anyways, and? Bill Gates and Molly, that's his next marriage. <laughs> That's his next marriage. I'm setting him All up right. with a lovely, you know, happy woman named say, Molly. I, she, let's focus a little bit on Melinda Gates for a second. And uh, I have to say, she's really quite a remarkable woman. I've interviewed her many, many times. I really like talking to her. Um, one time when she was being interviewed by Walt Mossberg on the stage of, at the time, All Things D, and Bill and I have had a sort of a testy relationship, a little tense. It's gotten better over the years. Um, but uh, he was. we were backstage, and I turned to him and I said, and listening to her because she was we so... We were backstage and I turned to Bill Gates. Well, smell <laughs> your shit. Seriously. God. I was backstage I mean, really? and I turned to him really? and I said, I, I said, you know what? Listening to her, I like you 10% more. Oh my God. That's what I Reminds said. And he turned to me making... and he said, meeting Megan, I like you 10% more. Reminds and me of the time I was said... making out with Tom Brady and I said, you know, Tom... <laughs> God. I'm just telling you, she Jesus deserves some attention. She's going to do. She has a company called Pivotal that's making a lot of investments in women-focused things. I think that's an IP infringement. She, Where's our lawyer? Pivotal. Bank off. Pivotal Ventures. Cease and desist. She, I think she was around before we were. Shh. She's got more money than we do. Yeah. In any case, I just feel bit. like I feel like you need to devote more attention to our work marriage than you do. That's all I'm saying. A present now and then would be nice. Things like that. Hey, listen, I show up to this relationship. I show up. And by the you way, it's Mother's Day. I am clearly the mother in this relationship. Yeah, that's there true. There better be something nice. All right. There, there better is. be something there nice. Is. Yeah, I'm sending you a nice uh, a nice fruit basket. Listen, the other thing that's interesting is, is um, uh, a couple of things. Well, from the desk of Donald J. Trump, that blog, right. what do you think? He might be trying to compete with us. Well, the important news is I think it's time that you and I Announced that we're consciously uncoupling and we just stayed together until Giant Man and Cougar Town are out of the house. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Wait, Cougar Town wasn't happy we talked that's about it, and good. yet he was. That's how it went with I that. hate you, I love you. Is that what that was one of those things? Yeah, he likes no, the attention. My, he's so good. If he has any of your DNA, so he likes the attention. Yeah, he does. Indeed, he does. You know, Amanda's parents are coming this weekend for the weekend to see mm. uh, Golden Child. Have you Child. ever spent an extended amount of time with Amanda's I have. parents? They're love. They are so nice. They're, I, the problem I have with them, and I, she listens to this all the time. Is they're they nice. are so nice. I'm not used to it because I we grew up in sort of like you know raised oh, you by wolves. Bring lucky into that mix. You got to add <laughs> exactly. a little salsa to so that chip. I'm always <laughs> suspect of their niceness. I'm like, 
why are they so nice? What do they want? Like, what's going on? So it's terrible because they're the loveliest, loveliest people. No, on Earth. you can tell Amanda played with the right toys and she they like did. showed up for their recitals. Everything. She seems they're, very they're all comfortable nice to with each herself. other. I'm like, when's the knives? When are the knives coming out? Like, when is the when is the? I find that usually means they're addicted to diet pills. When yeah. you find out that they're really nice, <laughs> they're lovely. <laughs> Lovely, and it's my problem. Um, just one thing. We haven't <laughs> talked about tech yet. Just so you know. about tech. Twitter is building okay. out a subscription plan mm, by go. buying Scroll, a startup that sells subscription ad blocking service and distributes most of its revenue to publishers. This is interesting for us. What do you think mm-hmm. about this as a shareholder? What do you think about this? Twitter's a little bit on a roll here. Scroll. Well, I don't know. Did you see their earnings? The stock threw yeah. up. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, look, I, I think Jack Dorsey is the most innovative or one of the most innovative CEOs in history. Unfortunately, it's it's Square where he's been really innovative with Cash App. Mm-hmm. They keep, I mean, enough already. They keep doing this head fake around subscription. Yeah. Where they got that idea. And yeah. then they don't do anything. So All it's right, like. So what do you imagine? What do you, what, you, you talk about the results because they weren't good. But yeah, they were good. Like, they, they were doing. They're doing fine. But go ahead. Not not the way you want them to do. I think people are just getting sick of being promised an awesome weekend in Cancun, and and it never happens. Mm-hmm. It just they they say the right things. If you look at the word count, on average, Jack Dorsey uh, uh, is responsible for thirty to sixty percent more words on a Square earnings call than a Twitter earnings call. He's just not engaged. He's not, the product development at Twitter is very anemic. They've been talking about subscription for a long time. They really haven't delivered against it. They have made some interesting acquisitions. I think their entry into the audio space has been pretty elegant. Mm-hmm. But look, they need to command the space they occupy. They should be acquiring original content. My idea is I think they should acquire CNN, which in my view is clearly up for sale. Yeah. And they need to start busting a move to subscription. Care if they just got 2 or 3% of their revenue from subscription, yeah. mm-hmm. but that 2 or 3% was growing faster than the core business, the stock would be a triple digits. Yeah. And they need they, a, are, they need a CEO that's fully engaged. I, I like Jack Dorsey and I like a lot of decisions. I think he's he is very innovative. I do think they need a real CEO. Because I, oh, I, I talked to a lot of their executives. I had a long talk with Kayvon Beckbor about um, Twitter Spaces, and I so smart. Every, everyone I and he Isn't brought a that guy. Isn't the model dating Bill Gates? Kayvon <laughs> Damore? Is that a product? Oh, but he okay. brought a really smart guy named Alex, and they're so smart. And I really do enjoy talking to them. I just it's like you sort of are like this is a, a good group of people that could be really engaged with a much more engaged CEO, as interesting and innovative as as Dorsey. Well, is. I think at this annual meeting the. Standstill and the staggered board de-stagger. Mm-hmm. So if the board, and there's, there's several new board members, um, let me say, this stock doesn't get back up to where it was. I think Jack is going to peace out and have peace with honor. Uh, I mean, I, granted, I've been saying that for about 25 yeah, years 25 now. 25 years. But exactly anyway, I'm just, I, I'm a shareholder, but it just strikes me. What's so frustrating is the strategy for triple digits here just is they understand what they need to do. They keep saying they're going to do it. And at some point, Twitter, at some point, Twitter tomorrow needs to be today. So we need okay? a conscious uncoupling and say, we really love Jack Dorsey. We loved his decision on Trump. We thought that was great. We think he's innovative. Oh, he deserves so many applauds for banning the account 1,439 days into the 1,460-day <laughs> tenure. Scott, we're trying to consciously uncouple in a lovely oh way. God. Right we're trying to get him to do it. You're not on the program. You're on our Twitter's oversight board. Yes, we should be the oversight board. Anyway, we're going to get to that now with the okay. big story. Facebook's oversight board has decided to uphold the company's decision to ban former uh, President Donald Trump from the platform. Mm -hmm. But just for six months, they made a decision not to make a decision. I kind of like it. On Wednesday, the panel of lawyers, activists and journalists voted, uh, agreeing that Facebook had made the right decision to ban Trump in January. But the board also kicked the case back to Facebook, saying that indefinite suspension was not appropriate, meaning they never defined it. Actually, what they're talking about is there were no rules. And what they uncovered was somewhat disturbing. They argued the penalty is not defined. Facebook policies and the company shouldn't indefinitely post a ban, just like you can't indefinitely put someone in jail. I guess you could in certain countries. Um, the board gave Facebook six months to make a final decision on Trump's account. This stuff is full of little jewels, actually, like the fact that Facebook did not apply the newsworthy uh, thing to Donald Trump, even though they said they did to me and other people. Um, and some of their um, some of their uh, uh, the, the quotes from it were real slap to, to, to Facebook, essentially saying you have abrogated responsibility, which is something 
I have said a lot. Mm-hmm. In a statement, Trump said, free speech has been taken away from the president of the United States because the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth. This is not true. He lies. Ted Cruz and the Republicans sort of took, made similar comments, this and that, um, saying, you know, if, if, if it happened to him, it could happen to you. And I was like, yeah, it could happen to you if I do seditious nonsense uh, and lies. Uh, meanwhile, Trump has officially launched his own social media platform from the desk of uh, Donald J. Trump uh, to speak freely and safely. It's just a it's like a PR blog. That's from what I can tell. So tell me what you think. I, I spent the morning interviewing Alan Russ uh, Bridger, who is on the board of former Guardian editor. Very interesting stuff. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Well, this is the UN. Very thoughtful, very smart people and totally ineffective because unless you have an aircraft carrier that can deploy F-15s and drop bombs on your ass, no one gives a fuck what you think. And quite frankly, this is all just posturing and a distraction from facts such as the following. Two-thirds of people on Facebook who joined an extremist group joined it because it was suggested to them by Facebook. Mm-hmm. This is this is a distraction. This is not H- within the board's purview to deal with that, but go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. This is, uh, it should okay, be, Okay, so perhaps. Mark Zuckerberg said a few years ago, I want to start a Supreme. He said, I want to create a Supreme Court. He Mm -hmm. thinks he's a country. He thinks he's the president. But it's not it's not a government in a capitalist or free society. This is the Kremlin. And that mm-hmm. is, they get to make recommendations, they get to make decisions until Putin disagrees. And the notion that the notion that this thing has any authority whatsoever other than faux shaming, which by the way, Mark and Cheryl have shown incredible resilience to shaming. I'll I give them exa- that. I said that to, I said that to Alan. And he said, well, maybe this will shame them. And I said, except they're shameless. Just the you, the you notion know. they give a shit that a bunch of PhD students of Boutros, Boutros, Gali scold them they could give a fuck. I mean, this is again. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what? Boutros, this, Boutros, this only confirms one thing. All right. I hate Facebook. Okay. And you know what's so sad? I had I have sort of a similar <laughs> feeling. Right, you know how feelings. sad you were about learning about Bill and Melinda. You know what I did when my oldest son was born? Hmm. Uh, one of the first things I did was I went and got his Facebook account, Facebook name. Remember sure. how you were supposed yep. to reserve? Mm-hmm. And then I I sent the email with the confirmation from Facebook for my son to my girlfriend saying, I I had so much hope for Facebook. Think about if Facebook wasn't run by gross and grosser or psychopath and sociopath and grossopath, Mm -hmm. think about the good they could have done for the world. They have literally so much influence to say, let's create amplifications of good. Let's create algorithms of aspiration instead of algorithms of amplification of anything that enrages people. They could, they had such potential Mm -hmm. to do so much good for the world. And they said, you know what? If we divide and polarize, delay and obfuscate, I can go from 30 billion to 60 billion. Jesus Christ, what a fucking disappointment Facebook is. Okay. So Facebook, let's talk about this group because they did point out a couple of critical things, which was that Facebook has no systems for this, which we knew, but we didn't know. So that's one thing. And that they didn't have any, they just did this haphazardly with, they they threw around the term arbitrary, haphazard, et cetera, et cetera. That they didn't, that they had been talking about this idea of newsworthiness, which is a really a Twitter, more a Twitter idea than anything else. But they never, um, they never applied it to him and that he broke the their laws a dozen or more times explicitly, and they didn't do any of it. So they had no, they had arbitrary punishments in place. They didn't do anything about it. They knew it was happening and they had no good reason. Like they didn't, they couldn't point to anything. And so, and another one, some of the recommendations I actually did agree with, like the, like keeping the policy people away, I mean, keeping the people who deal with this stuff away from the policy people, like Casey Newton called it the Joel Kaplan protection program. Mm-hmm. Some of the, you know, being more transparent of if you are in trouble on Twitter, I mean, Twitter, excuse me, Facebook, you know where you are. So it's more explicit, being more transparent about how they make these decisions and what they do. And so I do think there is some value in a group of people saying, fuck you, you deal with it. Like, and not, and not, not being, they were a fig leaf. And I think Facebook did the indefinite designation in order to toss it over, toss over the bag of shit to them. And they said, no, thank you, Mr. Zuckerberg. Here you go. It's your bag of shit and you better deal with it. Um, And I think that was interesting. I do think that was an, I was not expecting it because this was a very free speechy crowd, Um, uh, but they were quite, um, quite, they kind of had it with Facebook in, a, in an interesting way. And I don't, I never mind that, but maybe, may, maybe you think it doesn't matter. This is nothing but more really elegant, ingenious delay and obfuscation from what needs to happen. They are accomplices to a sedition. Full Our, stop. The board is. 
the board. The, the board? Well, the, not really, because uh, the board has no power. Right. That's what I mean. <laughs> I, but I like that it tossed it back to them. I got to say, I was like, good for you. You understood what he so, was doing. So we all just continue to wring our hands around the decision of a fake board with no teeth and no authority such that we don't zero in on the individual who is yep. solely responsible for coordinating sedition. Yep. Or his platform w enabled sedition. Yeah. You, you know, season five of The Handmaid's Tale isn't very good. Season six should be Mark Zuckerberg, Handmade to Sedition. And all this bullshit, Facebook and oversight boards, and oh, they kick it back and they scold Mark Zuckerberg. Isn't that thoughtful? It's all a giant distraction. So what happens? What happens? Because here, let me just read specifically what the scold was, the particular scold. In applying a vague standardless penalty and then referring this case to the board to resolve, Facebook right. seeks to avoid its responsibilities. The board declines Facebook's request and insists that Facebook apply and justify a defined penalty. So what happens from your perspective? What happens now? Because he didn't get to hide behind this particular group. This group of people said, no thanks. Of course he did. But he uh, has it now. Now he's got to deal with it. Uh, it's just not real. I mean, okay, for six months. In six months, everyone's going to move on to the next scandal from Facebook. And then the new advice. I just, I find this... Uh, Look, the, the big, this does nothing but wash over the fact that other, like, for example, two-thirds of people on Facebook that joined, I'll say it again, an extremist group, did so because it was suggested to them by Facebook. The groups, the groups functionality. And instead, everyone, including us, is now talking about this, this UN meets League of Nations meets YPO meets Masters of Fine Arts from Brown and London <laughs> Economics Club bullshit group Amanda that feels self-important yeah. and gets paid a lot of money to think big thoughts and write big reports that Mark Zuckerberg can pretend he's scolded and he's learned from and then go on dividing and polarizing well, us. Well, let me just say, here's what has to happen. Congress yeah. has to happen. That's 100%. Really, this, this, this group of people does not have the power to do that. They they took the power they had and used it to say, this this sucks, we're not doing it. Congress really is the one that has the power. Are, I, it drives me crazy that Mark calls it a Supreme Court. I'm like, you can't have a Supreme Court you paid for, you bought and paid for. Um, and, and, and they don't even want to put up with his shit. Kind of are, but they, I'm they sorry, have no power. Care. I'm saying Congress has power. Go ahead. Yeah, there are two things that need to happen to Facebook. The first is Amy. The second is Klobuchar. Yeah. Bring in the K-bomb. Bring, mm -hmm. in, bring in the substance. Have Lena Khan and Tim Wu behind her. Have her throw red meat at Ted Cruz and say, yeah, they're squelching conservative voices, Ted. Let's go after them. And then like turn, turn away and leave. And then overwork her legislative staff 150 <laughs> hours a week and start proposing legislation that breaks that shit up. And then those, what do you know? There might be a social media network that says, you know what? We're going we're gonna to call us crazy. We're going to put in standards. And when someone decides to run ads trying to divide us and they pay in rubles, we're going to check that out. Yeah. Or maybe we're going to say, hey, if Instagram is really depressing people under the age of 18, mostly females, we're not going to propose Instagram for kids. Yeah. We will never do that. Yeah. Competition will solve a lot of this problem. But these advisory boards, I, I, well, I got to give it to them. They're I genius. Agree. I did They're say, genius. I did we're say, talking why didn't you now. just do a permanent ban? You could have done it. You did have the actual power to just do a permanent ban. Um, and I think they just didn't want to be his sloppy seconds. I think yeah. that's really what They could have banned Trump, but then again, they were doing, they could have started to make some of these actions. The problem is they have limited power. In this mm -hmm. case, they could have banned Trump. They absolutely could have banned Trump, but declined to do so. Um, and it isn't their job. But what do you think of the reaction of the Republicans? All performative, right? You had Lauren Boebert misrepresenting the First Amendment. You had Ted Cruz, you know, say, if it happened to me, it's going to happen to him. It's going to happen to us. You have Donald Trump being disgraced, ever disgraceful, disgraceful. Meanwhile, attacking Mitch McConnell, Liz Cheney. Like, it was interesting. Kevin McCarthy was like, same thing on this bandwagon. And I'm like, didn't you just tell Liz Cheney to shut up? Get, get in, go back and sh go back in the back of the, of the room and shut up. Um, so that was interesting. They're, they're using this. They're going to try to use it as some some fundraising technique, presumably. Yeah, I, I think that I would imagine a lot of Republicans behind the scenes are like, thank God, we just got, want this guy's out. Of, I mean, the biggest fear, the first off, oh, yeah. there's, there's they about— They send a, the board a, a giant 
bunch of roses. 49 of the 50 Republican senators wake up every morning and look in the mirror and say, hello, Mr. President. They're mm-hmm. all running for president and they all want him out of the way. They all want to take his megaphone away. Right. And, uh, you know, off mic, you reported, and it's likely uh, that what they really don't want is for Trump to be the nominee because he'll get yeah. trounced by whoever the Democratic nominee is. So I think Republicans Which are like, is, thank like Frank God. Frank Luntz told me today, a very well-known Republican pollster who was being yeah. attacked by them because he says that, because he say, he's saying that. Anyone that says anything against Trump gets really whacked really hard as a crazy person, mm-hmm. as, you know, a loud mouth, let's move Trump, on. Yeah, Trump and PSD and yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things he's saying is the numbers don't lie. If you bring him as nominee, you're not going to attract anybody but crazies. And at the same time, he pointed out the Republicans can't get even close without the base, which he controls. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> they're kind of stuck in a really, they're kind of stuck like the Facebook board is stuck. Mm-hmm. They're stuck with him and they don't know what to do. All right, what's going to happen here? Nothing. So nothing. Nothing, honey, right? I am I am getting bottle service from me and Bill Gates. I am going to be supportive <laughs> of whatever Melinda Gates does, and I don't want to think about the Facebook oversight board. Oh, All my right. God. What a bunch of bitches. Jesus Christ. <laughs> don't blame them. They put Ugh. the blame where it belongs, which is on Facebook. I agree. On I agree. They're part of the con. They are literally, you know, the ultimate sting is we don't realize you've been conned. Yeah. People have joined this board for fake relevance, and they're like, okay, I've got seven PhDs, and I was a deputy commissioner of agriculture. Right culture out of Belgium, and mm-hmm. I've been offered $300,000 a year to write thoughtful reports that have no meaning. He wouldn't tell me how much they're making. Knock he said yourself in the hundreds out. of thousands. Knock yourself out. I he bet they're making me. board members me. Board members of a company of that size make between $400,000 and a million a year between cash and equity compensation. I bet they're each getting about a half a million a year. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, well, um, let, me, let me let me read you this fascinating sentence. Uh, it also shines a spotlight on the actual problem. Facebook has grown too powerful and that only uh, the only fix is to get government legislators to come up with a way to allow more competition and take impossible decisions out of the hands of too few people. Until Who then, it'll be an endless and exhausting game of hot potato in which no one ri- wins. Good riddance to Trump, hardly. Kara Swisher did. Oh, you wrote that? I was going to say I that's did, I, well said, my, my sister. You. Well Thank said. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah, he doesn't want to be an arbiter of the truth. Get the fuck out of the way, Mark, yeah. if you don't want to yeah. do that. Do what every other CEO we'll does. We'll arbit. We'll Take arbit. responsibility. That's right. That's anyway, right. Anyway, uh, all right. Let's move on. All right, move on. All right, uh, Scott, it's time for a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about the issues at Peloton and a listener mail question. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are an APY. APY can change at any time. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, Scott, we're back. After a year of huge success, Peloton is recalling all of its treadmill products. Uh, there are a little bit of duress to do it. It was a, mm-hmm. They went back and forth with the uh, U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission after reports of 
uh, I think there was one death and several injuries. Peloton recommended a voluntary recall of Peloton products and apologized for not having complied with recommendations from the the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission sooner. The recall affects over 125,000 treadmill owners. The Mm -hmm. uh, CPSC has warned Peloton of their shoddy product last month. Uh, Shares of the company fell 14% following the news. Meanwhile, the pandemic lockdown loosens the gym and openings. You've noticed I've seen a lot of gym reopenings. It's unclear whether uh, Peloton can sustain its success. Peloton's 2020 revenue was $1.8 billion, also double uh, what it was the year before. Uh, talk about it, two things, Scott, from a crisis management perspective. What should they do here? They were a little bit, they, they, they have a very sunny brand feeling around them. This was a little obstreperous. And then secondly, what will happen after the pandemic? I am not going back to the gym. I'm, I'm done. I love Peloton. But go ahead. You tell me. Well, you, you just summarize it. Um, uh, 60% uh, or 50% of people said they're not going back to the gym uh, or haven't gone back to the gym since they opened. And um, six, I'm sorry, 60%, a survey of 2,000 gym members, 60% did not return to the gyms when they reopened in September 2020. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, 20% had stopped exercising altogether. Unfortunately, yeah. the biggest comorbidity that no one wants to talk about because we politicized it is obesity. And unfortunately, the problem has even gotten worse during the pandemic. But Indeed. as it relates to gyms, I mean, a, a question, I'll come back to Pelton in a second, but there is a learning here. Whenever I speak to boards of companies, one of the first questions I ask them, I say, well, what's happened to business in the last year? And they all say, well, you know, usually business, a lot of times business down 20, 40, 60%. I yeah. say, all right, the first question I want everyone to answer this, was this a secular or a cyclical right. shift? And that's very telling because it a is. lot of people who are in denial always say it's a cyclical shift. Talk to a, someone who owns an office building and they say, people can't wait to get back to work. Yeah, they can't wait to get back to work two or three days a week, which means you're going to have a 40% destruction in demand, which flips this asset upside down because you're levered 80 to 90%. People are not going back to gyms in nearly the numbers they have. Yeah, This has been dispersed Secular. to the home. Peloton is a juggernaut. And they almost got it perfectly right because it relates to crisis management. And this is true of relationships too. Mm-hmm. There are really Back only to three. Bill Gates and your ongoing relationship with him. But go ahead. There's only three things you need to remember. The first is you have to acknowledge the problem, and that is you have to say, "Look, this yeah. is a huge issue." And they almost got that right. They really didn't acknowledge the issue until they were sort of. They, 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 it would have been perfect had they done it early, earlier, yeah. because they've initially pushed back. So they get a D there, but they recovered very quickly. You got to acknowledge the issue. The top guy or gal has to be the one seen addressing the issue. And the most important thing and the hardest thing to do, the hardest thing to do mm-hmm. is to overcorrect. Yeah. And they did that. They're recalling every item. They didn't try any of this bullshit. It's an isolated incident. They didn't try and play slow ball. They are recalling all of the. All all of the treadmills. It's going to be very expensive. Uh, I think this is a near, near masterclass in crisis management. I think mm-hmm. they have done a pretty much the right thing. And by the way, by the way, this is a fantastic strategy personally. When someone is upset at you, when your partner or business partner is really upset at you, your immediate reaction is to tear apart their argument and show them why they're wrong. When the reality yeah. is, if they're upset, That's enough evidence that you need to do something. You need to acknowledge the problem and you need to overcorrect. I do the first. We all do. It's a natural inclination. I really do. Don't be a fucking idiot. That's not that big a deal. You're always, you never (laughs) spend any time with my father. You know, you just immediately start getting back into it, right? Yeah. And Uh the reality is, and what consumers Mm -hmm. and relationships love to forgive, they just want to know you care. You want to say, look, I, I didn't see it that way, but the fact that you're upset means I screwed up. And this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to overcorrect. I still want to buy one of these treads. I love them. They're wonderful, I can't wait for the rowing machine. You know, I mean, it's just funny. I I agree with you. I think it's a really, I think they handle it really well. I think they've got, they've got a lot of goodwill. Um, I don't think they're in the position of a Zoom or, well, maybe Zoom's going to keep going, but certain things, like you saw Clubhouse drop off rather significantly and all, they went from millions of downloads to 900,000, several, like 10 million to 900,000. You're going to see a lot of pandemic related stuff change back, shift back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them are absolutely secular. I don't have see any reason with a Peloton and uh, to, to have to go to the gym because I, I didn't really like the social aspect of it. I'd, I'd rather spend the money on a trainer or whatever if I, if I was spending much. But Peloton's mm-hmm. very close to being as good as a trainer. Yeah. And, and, we have a tendency, we want to process information as zero ones. We're either all going back to the office or we're all working remote. And the reality, right. I think most people have a Peloton, still might go to 
Orange Theory every once in a while. Still might go to the gym for yoga just yep. to get out of the house. But the, again, the, the demand destruction at a gross level will be 30, yeah. 50, 70 percent for people who have figured out a way to work out with their body weight, with their mirror, with they their like Peloton it. at home. They like it. Yeah. Even my mother-in-law said, can I bring my shoes so I can use the Peloton? I was like, you can use the Peloton anywhere it exists. It's interesting because they've got them in hotels. Oh, you so should have said, I'm sorry. I'm just not comfortable <laughs> with you using my Peloton. And how long are you staying again? That's what you should do. Just get things off on the right foot. And I'm sorry, how long are you staying again? <laughs> I got, I'm very busy. I'm very busy. And you should okay. you should get totally weird. Like, uh, also, what uh, this is going to sound weird. What detergent do you and Bob wash your clothes in? I have terrible allergies. <laughs> like, just just right, lay so, down the so, law so that this is not going to be a good weekend. And they'll 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 release things from from a. We've talked about Apple buying. You've talked about dating services. This is this is a tech company with a. Uh, it's like Netflix to me. Like I have a, I like Netflix. I feel like I have a relationship with Netflix. Um, and I feel the same way with Peloton. It's very interesting. Um, but is it a moment when Apple comes in and buys it? Is it an opportunity for buying or you should Peloton we, be like, we're starting no. to We're starting to finish, finish each other's sentences. This is my prediction. I, okay. I think, okay, have, have you seen the NPS on Peloton? No. The NPS on Peloton is some of the highest ever recorded for a company that has over a billion in revenue. That's because of Ali Love, but go ahead. Is that an instructor? Yes. Is that an instructor? <laughs> I'm not discussing hey, I, I, I do bottle service with Bill Gates. Don't mock me. Anyways, Ali Love. I love uh, Ali Love. I, I don't love, use, I, I've done Peloton twice and I hate it. She talks only to me, just so you know. When, really? when we're working out, she's focused well, of only course on her. Of course she does. Of course she does. It feels like that. I can tell you yeah. that. Well, go ahead. Yeah. And and you and when you're not massaging Bill Gates' <laughs> shoulders behind the stage of Ted. Anyways. Touch. I do not touch Ali Love or Bill Gates. I just, uh, I, I like Ali Love more than Bill Gates. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Your prediction. Um, we're already going to predictions. NPS scores. NPS uh, look, scores. Uh, this is easy. This is easy. Um, there has never been a stronger brand fit and a stronger, more synergy than there is between Apple and Peloton. Uh, Apple, Apple, for every incremental minute of the most influential people in the world, which is who iOS caters to, they grow their market capitalization by 10 or $15 billion. If Apple today announced they were acquiring Peloton, their stock would go up by double or triple the acquisition amount. Apple yeah. could acquire Peloton right now for free because what is what do all these problems come down to? They all come down to supply chain. Who's got mm -hmm. the best supply chain in the world? Apple. What two brands? I I challenge you to think of two brands that in terms of value, connectedness, ease of use, elegance, high MPS, Netflix. a nice kind of feminine progressive feel. Oh, okay, yeah. What right. two brands are more in line with each other than Apple and Peloton? Agreed. Agreed. This is like this makes and, and quite frankly, Apple probably said at forty billion, we'd have to offer sixty. That's just a little too much cabbage. And I bet, I bet Peloton was saying, "Well, no, we planned it." I bet this has been a somewhat humbling experience for Peloton. And if whoever Would they the head sell, of, why sell at all? Why not pivot into dating, like you talked about, or something else? Because it's. Uh, because occasionally, I think there's an incredible dignity, and I've always done this, and I think uh, sometimes incorrectly. Mm -hmm. I think a company like Peloton could be just – I think they could own Connected Fitness with – if all of a sudden was Appleton or what, Appleton or Peloton by Apple. Call it Appleton. <laughs> what, I don't know. Bridgerton. Marketing. Bridgerton. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. Uh, and not only that, yeah. it's not a bad idea to ring the bell when you're trading at like 14 times revenues and they would get yeah. a premium. And this would be, uh, I don't know. I, I think there's, uh, I think this is a company that uh, they'll do well on their own. My prediction is it's going to be back over triple yeah. digits in the next 30 days. I think they'll be better with Apple. I agree but with you. But in terms of a fit between two companies, I've never seen, it's hard for me to imagine a better fit. Apple needs Cook to get into connected fitness. Peloton. Interesting. I don't know. I'm going to find out. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I'm thinking of writing about them this week because I think it's really interesting, like what's happening here. I don't think this is a negative at all, what's happened. I think it's terrible no, that someone died. Speed, but how, speed bump. how they, excuse me? Speed bump. Speed bump. Uh, someone died, Scott. So I do think. I didn't say that. I didn't say that the kid's death was right. a speed okay, bump. Okay. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I think that, I think I was saying it incorrectly. I think it's something that is, they will recover from rather quickly. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to listener mail. Roll tape. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hey, Karen, Scott. This is Cameron, and my question comes by way of Oxford, England. 
I'm wondering your thoughts on the future of AI ethics and the role of big tech. The high-profile and controversial firings of Timnit Jibru and Margaret Mitchell, the previous co-leads of Google's ethical AI team, are raising questions about academic integrity in big tech's AI research. This is culminating in the campaign hashtag RecruitMeNot, in which students and researchers, like myself, pass on working at Google. Do these events simply indicate poor judgment on the higher-ups at Google, or a deeper problem in how AI research is conducted at large tech companies? Let me know. Love the show. Well, that's a great question, Cameron. That's a fantastic question. That, that hashtag is really interesting. I think it's very similar to what, what, what uh, Scott was just talking about Facebook. I think a lot of these committees are um, fig leaves for these companies. They're going to do what they want with a technology that's critical to their future. Scott? I think they get to fire, hire and fire who they want. And unless, it's, unless they've broken the law around discrimination or wrongful termination... They get to fire who they want. I think, quite frankly, they, they set themselves up for failure by creating a, a title called AI Ethical. I mean, I, I just think the whole thing's kind of... Yeah, what I was talking about. It's a fig leaf kind of thing. They do. They're yeah. trying to say they're concerned about these issues, which are concerning, by the way. Um, but they don't... You're right. They did set themselves up for failure, that they were never going to make people who are care about ethics happy because it goes against some of their businesses. And so putting them inside of these companies, to me, is always an error. There should be outside independent bodies that study this stuff and make recommendations and put pressure on these companies. Journalists should be doing it. Uh, Regulators should be doing it. Um, And inside a company, just like even though the Facebook board is supposed to be independent, it's not. It doesn't feel like it. It, it, you can't buy your own Supreme Court. You just can't. And this is sort of a version of that. Um, yeah. I think it's a lot of times it's in good faith. They're trying to like, yeah. but a lot of it is PR and 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 signaling um, and keeping people quiet. I think the job of this stuff is done by regulators, the press, and groups that pressure, even hashtags. Well, so I remember in the 90s, I used to, Probably the coolest project I ever got. Right out of business school in my twenties, I was asked to sit in the board meetings of Levi Strauss and Company, and then just stand up and and provide feedback. And uh, I remember thinking they had a quote unquote head of international. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah. If you have a head of international, head of, oh, it means I, you're not an international business. They were always business. the dumb ones. But go ahead. Um, and it's like when Pinterest had. I think didn't Pinterest have a head of diversity and inclusion, and they, they ended up. But if you have to have that. You're just setting yourself up for failure. And AI, you know, AI uh, calling some—it's like in business schools. We now have departments of of ethics and leadership and diversity and inclusion. You know why? Because every day at universities, we administrators ask ourselves the same questions over and over. We try and answer one key question, Karen, and that is, how do we pay ourselves more while decreasing our accountability? <laughs> I know. Let's create a center on leadership so there's nothing I, I measurable. I do think there to, should be ethics discussion. Oh, there, my God. There should be like a class. Oh, for, no, no. You're wrong on this. There should, it should be part of I can't control my 10-year-old. I'm going to tell a 28-year-old how to be <laughs> no, ethical. No, not how to be ethical. To talk about about it, to like studies different ethical things, to discuss. There, oh, every corporation has bullshit. social issues they have to deal with. We just talked about this last week with Basecamp. They, people have to be ready. Part of the reason Mark Zuckerberg is bad at this is because he never took an, a, a philosophy course. He never took a, like a good, he left college before he got some background. I think there's, it's important as part of, and just like the way they do it with doctors, they do the same thing. They, there has to be some element of philosophy and 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 deeper things within the educational system. I didn't say me- telling them what to do, talking about what the m- many thorny issues are. In this case, it does not belong inside a company. It just it will not work. The people will be fired. There'll be all kinds of sturm and drang about it. People will be shocked, shocked, shocked that they behave like this. Uh, it's often women and people of color who are leading mm-hmm. these teams, diversity teams or whatever. The numbers will remain the same. Everyone will be mad. And that's the problem is there's lack of any kind of progress in this area is what makes people furious. And it has to come from pressure from outside from and persistent and constant pressure. And then inside people sending Kara Swisher memos about what's really going on. Thank you. Uh, I think I think that was well said. I'm still sticking with my guns, though, that whenever we bring in some 
what I call FIP, formerly important person to run a center at a business school, it's like, well, okay, mm -hmm. let's increase costs, let's pass it along to students in the form of debt, and let's have no measurable outcomes that result in why we're here, and that's to help them create economic security for them and their families. But anyways, I would agree. I mean, church, I've been asked parents, to do things like undergrad, that. as you said, philosophy yeah. courses are what are supposed to shape a person. By the time they get to business school, Jesus Christ. Anyway. In any case, I've been asked to do things like that, and I'm always like, oh, you want the prominence of me uh, without any real affect, effect. It doesn't have any effect. It's a waste mm -hmm. of my time. That's what I feel like sometimes when I've been asked to do things like this. You know, the most effective, I think the most effective thing around leadership is occasionally we bring in some guy, then it's always a guy that went to prison for 10 years for insider trading. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a scared straight thing. Oh, yeah. Remember scared straight? <laughs> and that, they don't do I that think that's anymore. Really, I don't think. No, they don't. Yeah. I think that that's actually me. pretty effective. It didn't scare me yeah. straight, obviously. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Scared gay. I, I, I remember that. It. it felt so, it wasn't right. I, even at the time, I was like, okay, we're bringing in essentially people of color to yell at a bunch of white kids in my school, at least. Um, and it was, it was, it, it was weird. That was weird. I just had, I just had a weird call, high school memory. Anyway, um, hmm. I agree. This has got to be done from the outside. I would rather be on the outside throwing stones at the inside and, and, and get, and getting revelations and things like that from people there to see how it works and then put it all out. And if people don't like it, there's pressure on the company, shareholders, business, things like that. That's how, Agreed. that's how it should work. Agreed. But there should be, by the way, again, Congress needs to act around AI, facial recognition. I did a great interview with Joy Bolomwini at MIT. She's, all she did is she just showed it off what, what was happening. Much more effective than any 20 groups of people inside of any company. You know, she just said, here's all my research with a thousand faces that apparently facial recognition doesn't know black people exist. And here's how. And then they made changes <laughs> and that's how it worked. So there you have it. Uh, all right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Support for the show comes from the Harvard Business Review. You know, there's this idea in business that some people are born to be leaders. You either have it or you don't. But leadership, like any skill, can and should be learned over time. Whether you've climbed to the top of the corporate ladder or are just starting out, you'll find valuable insights at Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review is a leading destination for smart management thinking. And on their website, hbr.org, subscriptions are just $10 a month, which gives you unlimited access to the same level of expertise. Things like case studies, newsletters, podcasts, articles written by some of the world's top minds. I use HBR in my research when I do articles or when I'm thinking about what to talk about on Pivot. I find them really interesting. I find them complete. I find them different. And you can find all kinds of industries covered. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, Scott, in a grumpy mood, you predicted Dogecoin know, was going to spike. But didn't you just work out? You should be in a better mood. I should. I'm What's not. I don't know on? what it is. It's because you didn't have enough time fun at the rave. That's what it is. You're wondering why you're not a rave. I need to start that. I need to start dating this woman called Molly. Supposedly, <laughs> she makes you very happy. You know, actually, there's some recent, just today, there was some reports about how it helps PTSD. There's a lot of really uh, promising. Oh, and depression. Promising uh, stuff to get beyond, whatever, yeah, the, beyond the opiates. This is a way to do it. Lots of tech people, if they're going to do anything good for the world, this is going to be at the funding of all this uh, uh, research, real research around it to get it uh, approved for people. No, I'm absolutely going back to Tulum and doing a bunch of Molly just for the good okay, of the world. Don't hug me. <laughs> don't do it in front of me because you'll try to hug me and that will that will end badly for you. You so badly want to hug the dog. I really don't. You pretend there's Twitter knows even, you love me. Twitter not, knows you love me. There's not even a moment <laughs> that I think about hugging you. All right. You predicted Dogecoin was going to spike. You and Rebecca bought some. And of course, I did not. When Elon is on SNL this week, how is your Dogecoin doing? It's gone up, I think. And will you be watching? Elon Musk well, will as, be on Saturday Night Live this weekend for people who don't. As is the case with all crypto, I said I was going to buy it. I planned to buy it, and I did not buy it. And it's <laughs> up. I, I literally can't handle this. Okay. I, I was thinking about, as a joke, I was going to put, uh, you know, a, a decent amount of money into Dogecoin and do this whole thing, Dogcoin. Mm -hmm. And if we'd done that, I'd be flying back to Tulum right now on my G fucking 650. Uh -huh. I mean, it's just crazy what has happened here. Yeah. 
but I think I think all of this is, and I, still and time. the thing is, well, I've tempered my comments because I'm worried about someone accusing me of being what I am, and that is old, yeah, and also angry that I missed out, mm -hmm. and I have a, a, an entrenched interest in the existing infrastructure around the markets because I've done well with the current the all current right. okay, but. That's the reality, a lot. I, I think this is really scary. I don't think that invented, invented currencies by people who claim it's a joke, and now, and now it's worth more than FedEx. Do you realize yeah. that the market capitalization of Dogecoin is now greater than Moderna? Yeah. So I, I wonder, and also I just don't like the people uh, are I think playing history. the speculation, just like they did with GameStop. That's what's going. It's the speculation. Hundred yeah. percent. And I just don't like the notion. Uh, that one individual can can move markets like this. I think it's really. Uh, I don't think that ends well. So yeah. we'll see. I'm planning on. I, I when I gamble in Vegas, I take a certain amount of money. I put on a kilt. I am so much fun to roll with in Vegas. By the way, okay. I totally. So it's going to be Molly kilts awesome in, Vegas in Vegas for us. Okay. All right. I am awesome in Vegas. All right. I'll go to I'll go kilt. to Vegas with you in a kilt. You know, we'll invite Mark Cuban. He's a lot of fun. But go ahead. Um, yeah, he would be a lot of fun. He Mark is a Cuban lot would be fun. great. Uh, anyway, so I go there. Uh, uh, I'm going to do the same thing with SNL, and I've got I'm I'm doing uh, what is it Uniswap or Binance and um, or Van I forget what, I've signed up to basically play Dogecoin during SNL. You and I will live tweet. Okay. But the thing is, we got front run. My big my big insight around Dogecoin spiking during Saturday Night Live. Everyone, the markets are smarter than me yeah. and anticipated that. And Dogecoin is up. Oh, Jesus Christ, I, it was up 25% yesterday. Yeah. I just, I Crazy. can't get over this thing. I absolutely yeah. can't get over it. It reminds me and in the- sell it Saturday night, right? Or something, it's Sunday. Yeah, well, well but I think I'm selling by the time we hit weekend update, because uh, that's when everyone will kind of go to sleep, right? Yeah. I go to sleep after something weekend like update. That. All right. Anyway. In any case, do you think it'll be funny? Hasten and Casey. Elon Musk? Yeah. Or it will be like awkward. It's either going to be really awkward. There'll be a lot of- Marijuana. I think he'll bring the, like the charm of Peyton Manning and the good looks of Donald Trump. I'm trying to think of two guests to triangulate off I, of. I am going to go opposite. I think it's going to be very funny. You think it's going to be hilarious? I do. I he's he's a he is. You know him. I don't. You like him. You know, one time he showed up at a meeting with a stuffed monkey, and he made me laugh. It just made me in front of a very a important monkey? person. It was a harembe or whatever, and he kept playing with the monkey during this interview with this very important person, and I just thought it was hysterical. Huh. He's a he's a he's a quirky man, I would say. I just think he might be funny. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Uh, I think it's I think every <laughs> SNL issue is really more about the writers than it is yes. about the and occasionally you get really um really shocked. Who's a, a gosh, the one woman was incredible who dated Oh, she's an incredible singer. Oh, gosh. Miley Cyrus is on this weekend. Yeah, th this woman hosted, and she was fantastic at doing impersonations. Oh, what is her name? She dated Adele? Pete Davidson? No, not oh, Adele. Oh, um, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Ariana. Ariana, oh, Ariana. She was so, you occasionally find, wow, this individual is so talented beyond beyond just a great voice. Anyways, yeah. we'll see. I'm tuning in. I hate myself for tuning in, but yeah. I'm tuning in. All right. We'll see how it goes and how your Dogecoin, I'm sorry you didn't buy any. Um, I believe, Rebecca, you bought some, right? Yeah, I did. I had to go apologize to every tech bro I've ever dated and be like, you're right, I bought some Dogecoin coin at the end of the day. So Re humiliating. So Rebecca is going to score while you did not, Scott. Well, you were slow, too slow, dancing unhappily in Tulum. Rebecca was there. Thank you, Rebecca. Okay, Scott. I don't know if it's related, but uh, Rebecca just handed in her notice and has bought a tango clinic in Buenos Aires. <laughs> okay. I don't know if the two are related. I don't know if the two okay, are related. Scott, on that note, uh, I did not buy any Dogecoin, nor did I say I was going to. I like to miss every any, every financial every turn trend. I can. Um, all right. I like to buy at the top. I like to buy at the top. I like yeah. to buy at the top. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, my grandfather wasn't a, was was not a big investor, although he made, did rather well for someone who emigrated from Italy. And I once asked him about the stock market, and I said, you know, what do you, how do you how do you think about the stock market? He goes, it'll go up or it'll go down, and that was his. There you time. go. There you go. <laughs> it's like, okay, thank you. I thought that was wise. It was very wise. Yeah. All right. Don't forget, if you have a story in the news that you want to hear our opinion on, submit your questions to nymag.com slash pivot. Do not ask about the Facebook Oversight Board because Scott has had enough until he has taken Molly. And then we will have a delightful discussion on that issue. Scott, can you read us out? 
Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Ernie Intratod engineered this episode. Ernie's back. Back in the house, the E-man. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrow. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Divorce needs a re- Branding, Kara. Okay. It needs a rebranding. You, you and I are you and I are I'm, consciously coupling. No, we're no, consciously you know I'm staying married and and I'm gonna uncouple in a minute. Oh the big weekend. Good luck with the weekend with Amanda's parents. <laughs> Could you take off your shoes please before you come into the house? <laughs> Say that before they come in. <laughs> <laughs>